for most of us, our happiness is determined by our circumstances. So like if we have a bad day, we might get into a bad mood. If we have to wait in line, we might get a little bit irritable. If we have to do something that we don't like to do, we might get a little bit grumpy. But what if our joy wasn't determined by our circumstances? What if it was a steady state quality in our lives? Well, that's what we're going to talk about in today's Full Life Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Full Life Podcast by Grace Church, where we hope to inspire, challenge, and clarify for you your next steps in faith. This is our second podcast in a series of conversations that we're having on how to exchange the life that you have for the life that you want. And today we're going to be talking about the power of joy. Joining me today is Pastor Randy Mumaw, who is worship pastor at Grace Church. Again, good to have you with us, Randy. Always good, David. Randy, you may have noticed that there are some people who will do just about anything to have happiness or to have joy. I'm sure that you've had those experiences even as a boy at some point. Even as a boy, even to go beyond <laughs> that, looking for a thrill, right? You know, <laughs> my brother and I grew up on a farm, and uh, and we went to a safety meeting once, and they took an oxyacetylene torch and put the mixture into a balloon, and just to demonstrate how dangerous it was, they lit it, and a perfectly white flash and my brother and I looked at each other and like yes so we began to practice that and we started using bigger and bigger packages and we were and every time it's just a brilliant flash and an incredible boom it was so good and we decided one day we we're going to try a trash bag but before we done we read about someone that had done it and static electricity set it off and oh. they got more thrill than they wanted to oh my so we never got to that point oh well at least you had enough common sense to do that all the buildings were still standing <laughs> they after were, you were yes. done okay have a, most now, did, of my your, did your mom and dad know about this um no <laughs> <laughs> do they know about it yet dad probably probably, mom, probably never <laughs> okay all right well just you know we have a lot of thrill seekers out there like you uh, who will do just about anything to have some joy and to have some happiness. You know, the interesting thing is we live in a culture now where people are trying to find joy and happiness in other ways. Social media has such a huge impact on that for a lot of people in the younger generations. Uh, I was reading an article uh, by the International Psychology Clinic at uh, their website.com, and it says, it has been observed that when we see an Instagram picture, Facebook post, or other social media posts being liked, the same brain activity happens that happens when we've won the lottery or something big. The brain makes us feel happy and we feel pleasure when we see the number of likes we have achieved just by somebody hitting the like button or pressing the heart you know, on an Instagram post or whatever it might be. They are getting this rush of you know euphoria as a result of that and then in the same article it talked about how people get depressed on the other side if something they do they put their time in they post it they're hoping to get a lot of likes or whatever and it doesn't get the approval of their friends or the the community that they're a part of then they get all kinds they get depressed there's all kinds of stress and anxiety about it and of course that's you know that, that's really a sad thing i mean no one would want that to happen for anybody, and it's a real problem, but it really kind of makes the point that we've got to be looking for something deeper. Uh, if we're looking, if we're, if we're hoping to find joy or happiness, whatever we are describing it to be in our circumstances, then we're going to be really disappointed because 
uh, circumstance, if circumstances dictate our state of being, then we're going to be in a lot of trouble. How is it? So, so what is this deeper thing that we're looking for? Well, the Bible describes it as joy. The deeper thing that we're really looking for is joy. It's not happiness. We tend to think that they're both the same, but they're not the same. Joy is the deeper thing that we are looking for. You know, what is the difference between joy and happiness? And uh, that's something that we're going to want to explore a little bit today. And I think when we press in on this, uh, one of the things that we're going to find out is that joy is not dictated by our circumstances, whether or not we're happy might be, but that joy comes from looking up and not from looking around. It comes from looking up at God and who he is and what he has provided for us and his role in our life and not looking around at our circumstances because uh, our circumstances are going to change. And even if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're going to be exposed to circumstances that everybody else is too. You're walking the same life. And somehow we're going to find that deeper meaning and that deeper joy in our life if we want that stability. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I think some of the most joyful people that I know mm-hmm. have no earthly reason for that joy. That's true. I've met a, a young lady, her name's Kim. She was at a, one of the nursing homes where I go to to play some music. And the first time I met her, she was in a, in a wheelchair and her hands were a little bit crippled up. And I asked her her story and she was in a, in a car accident several years ago. And she probably will never walk again, probably never use her hands again. But she um, is the most joyful person I know. And they're just like you said it, it's because she's looking up and not looking around. She doesn't discount her circumstances, but she's just thankful to God for everything. You know, joy, joyful people know that placing Jesus and others before themselves is the only way to find joy. That's true. I saw that in Cambodia. So when I went, if, if uh, our listeners know anything about the history of Cambodia, um, there, was, there was genocide in Cambodia, and a whole generation of people were wiped out with Pol Pot. And... Uh, the, the the citizens of Cambodia fled to Thailand to the bordering countries, and there were all these camps that were these refugee camps that were built on the border. And mom, orphans. I mean, a whole generation of Cambodians were orphaned. When I went there, uh, not too long after people began resettling back into the country and there were a lot there was a lot of mission work that was being done on the borders and there were there were these young adults you know late late high school early college age adults who were who were coming to faith in Jesus because they were learning about the salvation that he offers and so forth and they were repopulating the country and when i had a chance to interact with these people who had nothing i mean they had nothing no material possessions hardly a place to live hardly enough food to eat and they were some of the most joyful people wow. that i knew and it's because they were looking up and they weren't looking around you know those of us who were going from the west we were looking around and we're asking how can you be joyful because we were mistakenly thinking that well you're going to find joy in your stuff. You're going to find joy in your circumstances, but that's not where you find it. They, their joy came because they were looking up and not looking around. Yeah. So what we learned is that um, we, you know, we on, on that trip, one of the things we learned is we find joy in who we possess, not in what we possess. That there's joy in having this relationship with God. So how is it that we live joy-filled lives? I think that's the question that people 
uh, might be asking. And so, Randy, where do you, where do you think that started? If you were gonna if you're gonna start talking to somebody about how to have a joy filled life, what would be where would you start with that? Wow, you know, there's no substitute for it. It begins with Jesus. When we live our life, when we trust in Him, we cast all of our cares on Him. That joy is able to happen. And I really believe that joy is because of the forgiveness. You know, only through Jesus' forgiveness can we begin to experience joy. When we look at his sacrifice for us, we begin to understand how to walk through these trials with joy. You know, Jesus gave the example, listen to this, in Hebrews 12, 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. That's what we saw in these Cambodian Christians, these followers of Christ. We, we saw this joy that, that came because they knew they were forgiven. And because they were forgiven, they were able to forgive others. And there was just a lot of freedom there. You know, I have a friend who was saved from a life of addiction. And um, she'd wrestled it for years and years. And when she finally found Jesus, she began to worship with reckless abandon. I just love to watch her worship because there is an incredible joy. And after knowing her story, it's even more fun because I'll see her interact and she's just in the middle of a song and she doesn't even realize anyone's around her. She is right there with Jesus. And I love that. You know, there's also another part of this, Dave, and that's joy because of purpose. You know, often God allows us to go through difficult times and most of those times we don't know why. But Paul reminds us in Romans 5, 3, 5, 3 that we rejoice in our sufferings. You know, why, why should we do that? The passage goes on to say, because suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. We go through difficult times. God is doing something in our hearts to make us more like Jesus. That is a great reason to have joy. Not always fun, yeah. but a reason to have joy. And that's probably the unique feature of joy, where you can... You cannot be enjoying the, the circumstances, but you can have joy in that, that peace in your heart, knowing that God is up to something, that there is a purpose that God is fulfilling in this, and it doesn't detract from the purpose that he has for your life. It's probably one of the distinguishing factors of joy, that there, it, can, it, that it exists in spite of our circumstances. We rejoice, that, because we can rejoice in our sufferings. Who talks that way? <laughs> I know. You know, it takes the wisdom of God for something like that to be said, right? So we rejoice in our sufferings, not because of our sufferings. We don't have to like what we're going through, but we can have joy in spite of what we're going through. Happiness doesn't deliver in suffering. It just doesn't. If, if, if you're on the happy level, which is, it's fine to be happy, but if you're living at the happy level and you don't have the joy foundation, then when, uh, when life gets rocky, uh, your life is going to get rocky. Absolutely. And uh, joy oftentimes is the anchor that holds us down in spite of our circumstances. Yeah. That's so true. And, and those trials, if we allow them, they're going to do some great results. One of those is joy because of hope. Yeah. And I love the words in 2 Corinthians 4, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. 
All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. And it goes on, therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. I just love those words there because it reminds us that uh, the joy that we're looking for uh, comes because the, the tomb is empty, that because Jesus resurrected from the dead, we have the opportunity to have that joy. And when we have the other part that I like about those words, it says um, that we do not lose heart. You know, discouragement is such a joy killer. Uh, but joy keeps us from being discouraged. We, we, again, we cannot like what's going on. That's, you know, that, that happens in life. There are a lot of things that happen in life that I wish didn't happen. I don't like what's going on, but it doesn't, I don't have to get discouraged. I don't have to lose my joy. But then it goes further, Randy. It says that we are being renewed when we know Jesus. So we're being renewed day by day. And so even in the difficulty, you know, oftentimes we like to hit the pause button. When things are going bad, let's hit the pause button, let's just stop. And, and, and Jesus said, no, we can keep going. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something new in your life because of that, boy, that, that brings joy to our lives because we know that God is still up to something even in the difficulties. And then that reminder that it's all temporary. I love that. My mom has Parkinson's and I watch her. It's a relentless disease. You know, she's super content. But at the same time, we just see the effects on her body, you know, every day. And I think about that someday, you know, she is going to be just like Jesus. And, you know, that whole idea that our outward body is being, you know, it's falling apart, wasting away. away, But the inward spirit is being renewed day by day. I love that. So That, That is our hope for sure. And there's another one, joy and proclamation. In Philippians 1.18, Paul writes, But what does it matter? The important thing is, whether through false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of that, I rejoice. Yes, I will continue to rejoice. You know, I can only imagine Paul was frustrated. He's writing about this, and he's talking about some people that were sharing the gospel out of really good motives, and other people were sharing it because they were selfish. And Paul, I, I can only imagine he was, he was frustrated by that. But at the end of the day, he said, it doesn't matter. Because Christ is being preached, and I find joy in that. Yeah, and the reason is, uh, if, if I could maybe extrapolate maybe on what he was thinking there, is because other people will find hope. The, the way that people find hope is through the message of Jesus Christ, because he is our source of hope. And another way for us to look at that, for again, we're talking about how to exchange the life that we have for the life we want. And part of the life that we want is a life that brings hope and joy to other people. And when people see God at work in our lives, then it brings hope and joy to the lives of other people. And so that kind of proclamation happens uh, as a result of God's work in us. And so people can find hope. Yeah. There's one more point, Dave. I think one we often forget. Joy is a decision. That's true. And I love the words in James chapter 1. It says, Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the trying of your faith works patience. But let patience have her perfect work in you, that you may be complete and entire, lacking nothing. My dad, years ago, um, when we were junior high, he wanted us to memorize some scriptures, so he bribed us. 
if you memorize the book of James, I'll give you guys a toolbox. <laughs> we do anything for craftsman tools, you know. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Those ver- who talks like that? Yeah, I mean, who comes up with that? No one comes up with that on their own. That that clearly has to be truth that comes from the Lord. You know, one of the things when I've talked with people about this passage about considering it pure joy, and that the the, the testing of your faith produces perseverance. One of the things that I'll remind them of is one of the worst things you can do uh, in a trial and difficulty is get to the other side and say, I made it through. But that's kind of what we do. If I can just make it through. The, what I want to say on the other side is I've grown. I've gotten better. That renewal that God is, want, promises to bring in my life I have experienced, and it's in the crucible of faith, not just the trial, but in the crucible of faith, where that kind of renewal and that kind of progress and maturity happens in my life. You know, there's a notion out there, Randy, that uh, we can find joy within us. We just can't. We don't, we don't have what it takes. Joy comes from looking up, not from looking around. The Apostle Paul said to fix our eyes on Jesus, you know, and to, because what is uh, looking for those things that are not seen. But, and we, when, when we look at what is around us, which is so urgent, um, we have to have the, and we can lose our joy because of that. We need to resist the temptation of defining, ha- having our circumstance define our joy and find our joy actually in the Lord. That's so good. Yeah. And you're talking about trials. It's it's fascinating to me in First Peter that Jesus actually says that he receives glory when we walk through our trials in a godly way. And people get to see that we are part of God's family when we do that. So not only is there joy in the middle of those trials, but there's an opportunity to bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ. Yeah. So if you were going to, um, if you're going to challenge us to some next steps about finding joy, Uh, What would you encourage us to do? Wow. Every Tuesday, I recite through the book of Philippians. Years ago, I memorized it. Every Tuesday? Every Tuesday morning. It is the best 12 minutes of my day. Hmm. And I I think just for people to, on a regular basis, just to read through the book, it is just packed full with joy. And just to, to read how Paul was praying for the church and how he would have prayed for us today, I think it's powerful. And why not, when you're thinking about it, memorize a few verses. I'm always keen on the memorizing thing. But those verses in James, we talked about James 1, uh, 2 to 4. And then Philippians 1, 3 to 6. Just, I thank God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Such good words. And then finally, the simple but difficult process of choosing the attitude of joy. In the midst of those difficult days, just waking up in the morning and saying, I choose joy. Just like we talked about love, how you have to put it on. Yeah. I think the same is so true with joy. Yeah. And, and making the choice to look up. I'm going to look up today. I'm not going to look around. I'm going to look up today. I'm going to find my joy in the Lord. Good. Well, I trust that our time together has been helpful to you. And uh, thank you for joining us today. And I trust that in some way your faith has been strengthened and encouraged by our time together. Remember that Jesus came that you might have life. And you might have it to the full. And our prayer for you is that you would experience 
that full life that Jesus offers to you. And if you don't have a church home, I encourage you to check out our church, Grace Church. You can go to WorcesterGrace.org. You can discover times when we meet and uh, times when our services are being streamed. You can also check out uh, other sermons and messages that uh, we have recorded and that are uh, available to you on demand there at WorcesterGrace.org. That's W-O-O-S-T-E-R Grace.org. <music>